Hi, and welcome back to On Track Tips. My name is Jason Weiser, and you're listening to Get On Track, Stay On Track. And we're helping your small business one expert at a time. And today, our expert is Chris Brogan. And Chris is going to talk with us about storytelling for business building. And for those of you that might not know Chris, Chris is a CEO and president of a company called Human Business Works. It's a business and design company that does publishing and education to help professionals of all sizes how to develop a vision, a plan, and a community of support to do the work that they want to do. He helps people communicate better, build better community-minded, relationship-based businesses. He practices from stem to stern, prospecting to selling to service. Chris has consulted with companies like Disney, Microsoft, Coke, Google, Motorola, and many, many more. So he's a New York Times bestselling author with six books and counting with such titles as Trust Agents, Google Plus for Business, The Impact Equation, Social Media 101, It's Not About the Tights, and the much-anticipated The Freaks Shall Inherit the Earth. I just had to say it like that. Okay. So, and well, anyway, that's going to be available here really soon. You can go ahead and pre-order on Amazon. Go and look at the descriptions in the sidebar. There's a link right there. Uh, it's an affiliate link, but hey, you love on-track tips, so help out, you know? Uh, he lives in northern Massachusetts. He loves to hang out with his kids, playing Minecraft. You've done consulting, blogging, writing, software development. You've been, you've done it all. You're a keynote speaker everywhere. But I find it interesting that you say that you're not really interested in consulting, though it pays a really nice paycheck. And frankly, social media, man, not really sure you care a whole lot about it. So what is Chris Brogan really passionate about in business and in life? People. I believe that business is about belonging, and I believe that uh, what companies really need to do most in life is really connect with the, the community that they have the pleasure and the privilege to serve and provide whatever they can to support and do better business in their in their nature. I think that there's been a real disconnect in the in last many years of thinking that uh, customers are sort of a, a necessary evil to fund your uh, attempts to go away and you know buy a boat or something. And it turns out that you know maybe what you might consider is that they're the people you have the the privilege to serve, and that there's a real good opportunity to build stronger, better business in this way. Uh, a lot of times, one really early complaint that I get when people start to hear my rhetoric is they think, "Oh, he's sort of like a kumbaya, let's hug it out kind of guy." I am not. I am a fierce capitalist. I love money. Uh, it turns out people pay you money if they like you. We buy from people we like. You know this experience. You've done it before. There is this point in buying where we do research, and then there's a line that comes down, and it becomes justification. We now are justifying. We are no longer researching, and we love to buy from people we like. I have had people guilt buy things that I sell. You know, you give so much away free every week. I'm buy I bought this course. I'm not even ready. I'm very busy right now, but I'm just going to buy this course. And I, well, I, why would you do that, I'd say? You know, my job is to facilitate your business and your life. Thank you so much for your money. Uh, maybe we should pause the course until you are ready. Uh, but it's it's amazing to me that uh, many companies and and small all the way up to very big uh, have fallen into this trap. You know, related to that too, Jason. A lot of times people will say buy local. Local's great if the story uh, fits the needs and everything like that. If if local isn't serving you and something not local is, it's a little harder for me to say buy it just because it's local. It's, does this company want a relationship with me? You could be a one-man show. You could be Richard Branson and Virgin. You have to have that wish in, in wanting to be connected in a deep way. 
So that's why we're here today, right? We're here to talk about how are we going to connect with our people? How are we going to use stories for business building? And, you know, it does. It seems like there's a lot of talk about storytelling. You hear this word thrown around a lot. But let's break it down. What are some really practical ways that we can, you know, use storytelling in business? Um, how do you use stories for advertising, marketing, branding? And maybe do you have a particular uh, commercial, a company, or an ad campaign that does it really, really good? You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good question. What I think about with regards to advertising is that's where we see the most storytelling. The unfortunate truth is a lot of times the story doesn't really align with the experience. You get this very big, lovely, where all your friends kind of experience on TV, and when you show up, if that's not what you actually get in person, then that disconnect usually causes an issue, right? It's a, I'm thinking of the 1990s movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas, and he's in line at like, uh, you know, what should be kind of a Burger King sort of a place. And he wants the picture, which is this beautiful looking burger with like overflowing lettuce and all that. And what he gets is this smashed down couple of patties with a little bit of meat in it. And he's really frustrated about this. And I think that's what most advertising has delivered over the last many years. So we've seen good and bad of that. I don't necessarily have a company I think does it especially well. But what I love the most is when companies do something to build kind of a relationship into the advertising uh, uh, in a very good way. So that's one part. But you tell stories in a lot of ways. People forget that YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. YouTube is my kids never go to Google to ask a question. They ask YouTube, especially how to. I have not read a manual in a million years. I drive a Camaro, and when I get the oil changed, they don't reset the change oil thing for me. I don't know why. So I have to do it. There's a manual. If I'm sitting in my car, if I reach with my right arm, I can touch this manual. I have never opened it. I sit in my car with my smartphone, and I go to YouTube and how to reset a 2010 Camaro's oil change light, and I find it on there. So you can tell stories for the how-to. And to me, um, that's the story that's really – right now, you could leave on track tips. You could go and start thinking of what do my customers need, and in what language would they type it into a search engine, and most importantly – what would, how could I serve this community that isn't even directly related to my customer? Meaning, if you sell um, property casualty insurance, maybe another thing you could also do is talk about how to take the best picture for your house as you're preparing to sell it, or how to, you know, uh, how to fix the front stairs once and for all so they don't squeak. All those kinds of things that maybe aren't directly for your product, but make you kind of a really good resource for information between sales so that people have a reason to talk to you as well. So common examples of stories are, um, you know, I could tell the story of my life, how I got started in business, how I met my dream, how I made it to where I am today. But uh, what are some other examples of stories uh, that we can be telling in our marketing? You know, how I saved the day. Steve Jobs, when he showed how the iPod, the new iPod worked, you've got to imagine there was a, there was a huge field of MP3 players out there. And they all said the same story. This is how many megabytes. At the time, it was megabytes. This is how many megabytes worth of storage is on this iPod. You, you can get almost 800 megabytes of storage. And everyone's kind of like, uh, that sounds good. 800 is bigger than 600, I guess. Right? He comes along and goes, you can put 1,000 songs in your pocket. You could be the DJ off of this one little rectangle. You plug this thing into a pair of speakers, and you control the party, Mr. DJ. That is a beautiful story because you are suddenly, this device makes you cool, you loser. 
You nerd, you have no reason to be there. You who tend to just look at the bookshelf and scan the shelf for something interesting because you're so scared. You know, um, when he did it over and over again with, you know, Steve Jobs is the easiest guy in the world to set for this, but you can do this story with a lot of things. What? Here's the, here's the five-word answer to the question, Jason. Make the buyer the hero. This is what every buyer wants. If you are a husband, you want to come home with something, and you're like, hey, honey, look at this. What is that? Whoa, you know, that's the coolest thing, right? That's what you want. What you don't want is why did you buy that, right? Business, if you're a B2B salesperson, this is always people are like, well, we don't do storytelling in business to business because there's no humans doing that. It's all robots in business to business. Uh, the story is, did you save your boss money? Did you save your boss time? Did you make the company better? Did you do something to make the universe better around you? That is the business-to-business -business story you hope to, to be told. So, for instance, I once helped purchase several million dollars worth of gear from another company in a wireless technology job, which is an older job of mine. And what I was saying was, this will never go down. We will never have downtime because of this product. And our customers who hold us to a very high service standard will now not kill us when that happens. And so that makes me the hero. Make your buyer the hero. Awesome. Uh, so everybody, I'm getting some reports now that we're getting a little bit of lag on the show, and I'm sorry about that, but go ahead um, and let us know in the comments if we got the, the stream is caught back up. It looks like it is. Also, remember, if, for those of you that are just jumping on the show right now, head on over to OnTrackTips.com. Look for the big red button and get in contact with me. Also, join us on Twitter right now. Tweet chat happening live. Lots of comments going on. Use the hashtag OnTrackTips. Uh, Chris, we're talking about storytelling and business building. Uh, another common expression that we hear all the time, everybody has a story to tell, right? I mean, so the one question is, do you believe that everybody has a story to tell? And does everybody have an interesting story to tell? And what if you're not a very good storyteller? How do you tell an uninteresting story? So the third part of that was the hardest part. Everyone does have a story to tell. Some people have a boring story to tell. You can tell a very boring story very interestingly. Um, there's uh, Hemingway, who is you know not exactly a bad storyteller, told a story in six words. For sale, baby shoes, never used. Right in that six words, the whole story is there. Right? What a, what a hand grenade of a story because the whole thing unfolds and you, you write the whole story in your brain. The best stories, Jason, are the ones that you can tell a few evocative words and as few words as possible to get someone to tell the rest of the story for you. If I tell you that right after this call I am going to put on my Batman costume and I am going to go climb up to the roof and I am going to see if I can figure out how he did what he did jumping from roof to roof, you fill in the rest of the story. Comic books tell stories by it's what happens between the panels. You don't have to see everything. You just have to kind of know that it's heading in a direction. What makes a good story are a few things. Um, I should steal. Can you hand me Carmine Gallo's book? Jason, there's a really great book that just came out called Talk Like Ted from Carmine Gallo. Uh, and he says at the very beginning of the book that stories have to have three things they have to be emotional, they have to be novel, they have to be memorable. If I said, why did Darth Vader cross the road, you immediately have to change your context because you expected a chicken, 
right? I have immediately changed the whole thing. Uh, and if I make it memorable, I don't even really have to tell the rest of the joke, right? Like, I, that's it. Uh, you're going to be like, why did he talk about Darth Vader and Batman again? This is the deal. So I think that with, when telling a story, the most important part of the story is to talk to what connects to people. I'll tell you one last example of that. Uh, I talk a lot about the times that when people design their entire business experience for the laptop or the desktop, I say, let me ask you a question. How many people have a 24-inch monitor and a tower PC on the pillow beside them or kind of conveniently hidden underneath the pillow? Anybody? Put your hand up. I say, how many people have their mobile device right beside their forehead as if they are a brain surgeon or a superhero waiting for a call at 2 a.m.? And how many people can say that their wife or significant other could accuse them of using their phone as if it was my precious, right? Everyone says yes. Everyone laughs every single time. The reason is you know it because you've done it yourself. Yeah, and then that really kind of goes back to what you wrote about um, in um, Impact Equation. Your, you use the acronym CREATE, which is contrast, reach, exposure, articulation, trust, and echo. And for this conversation, I really want you to talk a little bit about articulation and echo because I think they really speak to good storytelling. Um, My two favorites. So articulation, I mean, one part of it is brevity. And one part of it is just be as clear and concise as possible. I will tell you uh, something that took me a lot of years to learn. Um, if I were to make uh, pithy t-shirts for a living, one that I would write would say, eschew obfuscation. Because that means, you know, try not to be, you know, try not to obfuse things by making very too big of words, right? Uh, you, you can go to Google right now and look up those words, but... Um, I think that I spent a good lot of my life worrying that people would think I wasn't smart, so I would use the biggest words I, I knew, even if they were wrong. Uh, my friends used to joke a lot because I said once, a veritable haberdashery, and I knew the haberdashery meant sort of like a lot of clothes, but I thought it was the a lot of part that was accurate, and I sort of basically said something like a veritable closet, and not exactly the phrase I was going for. So for years, that was the joke. So small, easy words. Tell it to me like I'm six years old is what I said in the Impact Equation. I learned that from a really smart guy named Ken Hadge. I like one- and two-syllable words. I, that's my favorite. I like very short words and very short sentences. Um, the other thing with echo, though, is it's really important that the story, like I said about the joke, the story has to really connect with the buyer. You know, uh, a lot of times we sell from the selling side of the table, and we sell because, you know, this mower has a lot of power. That's what we always say. This mower has a lot of power if we're selling a mower. Uh, what we really want to say is, you know, get the lawn cut so fast and without any effort so you can go back and watch the football game. Like, the, the last thing you want to think about is mowing your lawn. Uh, you could say this mower is so lightweight uh, that you're not going to, you know, feel like you did a gym workout to use it. So there's all these, like, ways that you can kind of connect to, to somebody. But the other thing I think is that things like social media allow us to use Echo. So around your main business talking and your conversation, you can talk directly to people. I mean, I can talk to Kenneth. I can talk to Debbie that's on the call. I can talk to Angela or Shaz, and they are seen and connected with. And that is something that you can only do in this medium. Uh, and mainstream TV does it so poorly. But to me, I can look right at Shaz and be like, hey, that's really kind of you to say those kind words to me. And that, to me, is the biggest echo you could ever have. 
Yeah, that's and you know, so on, on that point of connecting and storytelling, of course, uh, we need to understand who our audience is, right? I mean, when I'm telling a story to my two-year-old, I'm going to read a different story than I am to my five-year-old, and I'm going to read it, or I'm going to tell a story differently than I would at the restaurant with my buddies, for example, right? So we hear a lot of this uh, talk about client profiling, avatars. Talk to us about how important this is and what's the best way to be able to identify your community so that you're sure you're telling the right story to the right person. I, I try to keep this part as thin as possible because I really like the concept of sort of being who I am all the time the same way. But, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, if you're talking to a five-year-old and you're telling the same story to your friends at the bar, you probably wouldn't say, you know, there's this girl at work and she's uh, kind of pretty and I'd like to punch her in the arm and run away. So my guess is that that isn't really how you tell that story with your friends. <laughs> or you might say, you might not say to your friends, my boss is a poo-poo head, and I am never going to be his friend ever again. Right? So there is a little difference, right? But I can tell you that, um, I'll give you an example right from yesterday. So I, I'm a wee bit irreverent, and I had asked a question to one of my people helping me publish my next book, and I should have just written back, thank you. And uh, at worst, I wrote, thank Jesus, which, by the way, should you be a little bit religious, that makes you mad, I guess. Um, should you then write five or eight more lines about your perspective on Jesus' life story in a somewhat comical way, uh, what you will never get is a reply from that email, such that you now feel awkward and bad. Um, you can say the wrong thing to the wrong audience is my shortest answer to that. By the way, south of the Mason-Dixon line, I try not to swear. I make no religious jokes, uh, you know, and I'm very conscious of what might possibly push a button. Uh, the, this is just in the U.S. When I was in Abu Dhabi, I was paranoid that I was going to do something wrong. They're the most hospitable people in the universe. I've never been treated as nicely as I was in the United Arab Emirates, but I just thought what I would like to not do is, is accidentally step on that kindness by saying something horrendously offensive and not know it. So I was very cautious. But beyond that, I think it's more important when, when connecting to your audience, it's making sure they see themselves in the mirror. When you uh, uh, consume anything, when you uh, consume information, when you're thinking about buying something, when you're eating something, you say, I'm not the kind of person who, or I am the kind of person who. I'm not the kind of person who eats at a drive-up. What are you, crazy? Or I'm the kind of person who does, but I don't tell anybody. You know you know what that is, but I'm the kind of person who is our big filter as well as what's in it for me. So if your story does not make that person see themselves as the kind of person who, then you story. Content marketing is weaponized storytelling. Stories that don't have any particular need for business or any means for business or any real business application are stories. Content marketing, storytelling, even if it's just to keep the community alive or to educate them. Yeah, and, and, and uh, we only have about five minutes left. Usually I do a lightning round at the end, which are just really quick, fast, you know, short answers. Um, so, And I also want to pull up some of the comments from the audience. Uh, so, real quickly, tell us what is campfire content. I love that phrase. Is that yours? Uh, sure it is. So, the idea of campfire content was that um, you make great content that will gather people around it like a campfire. 
So the idea, there's three marketplace, campfire. If you've ever in real life, it's funny we talked about this, Jason. If you've ever in real life been around a campfire late at night with a bunch of people, you all stare at the fire. And that's kind of interesting for about 26 seconds. And then you start talking. And that's where it gets cool. The best conversations are ever, like, pretty dark. The kids have all gone to bed. You never know what's going to come out of it. That's good stuff. That's community. You will always remember those talks, even if it ends in fisticuffs. From this co uh, content that brings a you know, community together, you then get the opportunity to have some small part of it maybe be a marketplace. In the real-life world, it would probably be the worst time in the world to sell Tupperware is in the middle of the night in the fire. But, you know, in business, this campfire that gathers people is where you get the opportunity to sell at some point. Okay, and so we're going to bring up some questions from our uh, listeners. Laura Williams, one of the things that I love about Chris Brogan is in his books, talks, or everywhere, I see him, he communicates as if he's talking to friends, not to customers. So uh, Stephanie Sims is letting us know that a key element of storytelling is being unique or reframe the debate for the customers. Uh, Craig Fifield has pointed out to us that Red Bull does a great job in their storytelling uh, like we were talking about before. You're right, Craig. They do an amazing job. Uh, Sean Manaher, he's here on the show, and uh, he wants to know who should, we be, who should be telling the story for business building. Is this reserved only for professional marketers, or should business owners be at the center of it, Chris? I prefer owners unless your owner is really boring and unless your business owner doesn't really like humans. Uh, Marketers should be educators. Marketers should be the kind of person who helps a business learn how to tell their story better. Marketers should give storytelling implementation to everybody. I think every employee should now be media trained. I think every, every employee. Why? Because we are now all the media. You know, we have so many videos of Comcast employees making a bad choice, etc. That's because every one of us has a camera phone now. Every one of us can shoot video. So I think a marketer's role has changed dramatically. I also think that about external agency people. I think their job is to educate as well. I love a story when the owner tells it. Bob Iger at Disney has been legendarily called not very interesting. I spent time with him personally, face-to-face -face on the boat, and I have to tell you, I thought he was a really sweet, nice guy. What he is not is bombastic. What he is not is Richard Branson taking his clothes off in the middle of Times Square. But... <laughs> He's a great storyteller, but, the, but Bob feels he's not, and so he uses a lot of other people in his organization to help tell that story, and I think that's another way you could do that as well. Um, but I think that it's really important that the people who are most passionate tell the story, but that they understand uh, the, the, the intention of a story. Uh, for instance, in a really big company, customer service has got a lot of passion, but they don't always understand what's going on in the bigger organization. If you ask a, an army soldier out in the middle of their evolution or something what's going on, they're going to give a very different answer than the bosses. Not always because the bosses have some kind of a negative spin or whatever they want to put on it, but because, you know, if you're the one grinding it out all day, you might have a different feedback to what other people have. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris, with respect to your time, I know it's very valuable, and we are also with respect to our, our listeners. We keep our show to a half an hour. We've only got two more minutes left, but uh, I want to definitely pull up Kristen Drysdale. Uh, she is a wonderful fan of On Track Tips. Kristen, it's always great seeing you here. I love Owner Magazine and my Sunday Chris Brogan emails. I'm way looking forward to this, Jason Weiser. Well, Kristen, I really hope that we've delivered. I hope that you had a good time with Chris, myself, On Track Tips, and uh, uh, for anybody else that's out there, you want to get to know Chris a little bit better, C Kristen's right, man. you got to check out these Sunday emails. Chris, how's, how are people going to be able to find those Sunday emails that Kristen's talking about? 
You know, I guess the easiest way is just write chrisbrogan.com into your browser, and there's a nice little coffee cup on the right-hand side. Go right there. It's super easy. Throw your first name and your email address in, and I will write you this very Sunday. Yeah, and you guys, I'm t I couldn't tell you enough. I mean, this stuff is not, it's not salesy, selly selly, which is another one of my favorite Chris Brogan phrases. But uh, every now and then, you know, of course, you'll get a little selly selly. But, uh, you know, it's really all about being personal. I mean, the guy's got to make a couple bucks, right? Anyway, so uh, we talked about a promo. Chris, I want to say thank you so much. Chris is giving all of our listeners today that are here on the show 45% discount on all of his courses, except for the OMFG. Uh, and that coupon is going to be good until the 15th of March. Not a very long uh, coupon, but man, what a generous offer. I am so grateful. 45% off. And when you go there and you see some of these coupons, you're, you're looking at almost $200 value in some cases. I mean, this is really huge. You're going to head on over to ownermag.com backslash courses backslash store. The information will be in the description below. I also want to give a shout out and a thanks to Rhonda White, who won our Christians in Business Community uh, cover art contest. I told you that uh, your name would be announced during this show. Uh, so there it is, uh, Rhonda. Thank you for submitting that. Also, hey, Chris, I want to say a big thanks to your assistant, Ron. This guy rocks. You definitely know how to pick them. Ron, if you're listening here, man, thanks a lot for all your help getting the show together. I had a great time. Everybody else, be sure you head on over to OnTrackTips.com and what? Type it in to the sidebar. Yes, you're right. Go on over, push the big red button, get in contact with me. Let's get in a relationship and uh, tell me what you're struggling with. Help me find the next expert to help you. Get on track and stay on track in your small business one expert at a time. And we're going to say goodbye to our expert today. What a pleasure it was. Chris Brogan, dude, you are amazing. Thank you. My utter pleasure, Jason. Thank you so much.